When I joined the Boy Scouts, the first thing I learned was the Scout motto, be prepared. Now, this wasn't just, uh, uh, these weren't just idealistic words because the Scouts had developed a list of 10 essential items to help us prepare for the unexpected. This list included things like a map and a compass, a pocket knife, a first aid kit, and more. Our leaders wanted us to carry those items with us anytime we went camping because there is a cost so often to being caught unprepared. Preparation is vital in many different aspects of life and it's essential in the spiritual realm. Over the last few weeks, we've been talking about the reality of eternity and we know that the kingdom of God is coming, that there's a time when a new heaven and new earth will arrive and we will be with Jesus forever. However, it hasn't happened yet. It's a reality that lies in the future. So how do we live as we wait for God's promise to be revealed? And what's the cost of being unprepared? Jesus gives us an answer in a parable recorded for us in the book of Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 13. This is Jesus speaking and he says, At that time the kingdom of heaven will be like ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. And the foolish ones took their lamps but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in their jars along with their lamps. And the bridegroom was a long time in coming and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. At midnight the cry rang out, Here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on the way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet. And the door was shut. Later, the others also came. Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know the day or the hour. Now, all of Jesus' parables are symbolic stories. They're based on real life, though. And the symbols of this story come from the way weddings were conducted in first century Israel. A wedding for them was a celebration of singing and dancing and feasting that could last up to seven days. However, the time of the ceremony itself wasn't set in advance. On the appointed day, the groom would come when he was ready, and he would send a friend to announce that he was on the way. So the bride would appoint some friends to keep an eye out for the groom, like these women in the parable. Now, some Bible translations call them bridesmaids, but a Jewish wedding didn't have anything like our modern version of bridesmaids or groomsmen. The best translation actually is virgins, which simply lets us know that these are young, unmarried women. They're friends of the bride. And when it's announced that the groom is coming, their role is to accompany the groom and bring him to his bride. Because the wedding ceremony takes place at night and there aren't porch lights and street street lights and flashlights, these young women need lamps to light their way. And they need to be watchful because grooms often did show up late. 
Sometimes they delayed simply to be mischievous and to keep people guessing. Sometimes they delayed because they were getting nervous. wonder if that happened to any of you on your wedding day. But for whatever reason, while everyone else is partying, the women on watch must be prepared. They must stay prepared for the coming of the bridegroom because they don't know when he'll arrive. So that's the setting of the story. But what does it all mean? Well, in verse 1, Jesus says he's describing the kingdom of heaven, not an earthly wedding. So he's telling us how to be prepared for the delayed arrival of the heavenly bridegroom, and that bridegroom is Jesus himself. The scriptures tell us that Jesus will return at some point to gather his followers for eternity. And when he returns, we're going to enjoy an incredible banquet with him, like a wedding feast. And like the groom in the parable, Jesus won't arrive when we want or we expect. He's now delayed his coming for 2,000 years. But he will come. He'll come when he believes the time is right. And we need to realize he could wait another thousand years. Or he could come today. So how do we live while we wait? How do we ensure that we are prepared? Unlike the Boy Scouts with their list of 10 essentials for us, there's only one essential that keeps us prepared, and it's symbolized by the oil for the lamps. As followers of Jesus, we have the light of God within us. We can let God's light shine from our lives. What a tragedy, though, if our lamps go out. Lamps are fueled by oil. And the oil in this parable represents faith because faith is the only thing that will sustain us while we wait. And if our oil runs out and the light of God is extinguished in our lives and we will be like the five foolish virgins who miss out on the wedding banquet. Without faith, we will not be prepared to accompany the bridegroom into the kingdom of God. So we need to develop a faith that helps us wait. And we can do that by being aware of three things that emerge from this parable. First, faith is something we sustain over time. The foolish virgins virgins did not have a sustained faith. And I sometimes meet people who are like that. I recently talked to a 45-year-old man who said, I know I'll be in heaven because I got baptized when I was 14. Now, I'm glad he took that vital first step, but unfortunately, since that time, there's been not a single shred of evidence of faith in his life. And as we conversed, I realized that he views baptism as a one-time event that guarantees his eternal destiny. I explained that baptism is not an end point, but a beginning point. It's part of our entry into a life of faith and we need to keep filling our lamps with oil so that the light of God will shine in our lives. Faith is to be lived every day until the bridegroom comes. And sadly, this man was more interested in living a self-directed life 
rather than a Jesus-directed life. He didn't have any oil in his lamp. And second, just as the foolish virgins couldn't borrow oil from the wise virgins, faith cannot be borrowed. I can encourage you to become a person of faith, but I cannot give you my faith. Faith is not something we get or experience secondhand. As Rob said in his message last week, we each must be intentional about expressing faith for ourselves. And here's an example of secondhand faith. Out of a sincere desire to express their faith, and out of a sincere desire to dedicate their children to God, many parents have their babies baptized. I've witnessed infant baptisms, and they are beautiful. Yet, for the baby, it's an act of borrowed faith. The parent's faith. That's why the Apostle Peter and the Apostle Paul urge each person to express their own faith by choosing to submit to baptism. When I was baptized as a teenager, I wasn't borrowing oil from my lamp. I was using my own oil, my own faith, to declare my own allegiance to Jesus because I wanted the light of God to flame in my life. And third, it's not wise to wait to become people of faith. I once spoke with a young woman who said, I just want to indulge myself now, and I'll get right with God later in life. I told her she was playing with fire, because we don't know when the bridegroom will show up. None of us know when we'll draw our last breath and stand before God, and as we see in the parable, once the door to the heavenly banquet hall is shut, it's closed. So the time to put oil in our lamps always is now. Thankfully, that woman saw the truth of what I said and she repented of her sins and she was baptized into new life with Jesus and she has now kept her light burning brightly as a follower of Christ for many years. For all of these reasons, then, the wise way to live while we wait is to live by faith. To continually fill our lamps with oil through worship. Through active participation with the community of faith. To pray. To read the Bible. To let God fill our minds with his truth. That's how we stay prepared for the arrival of the bridegroom. In addition, though, we cannot let the circumstances of life distract us from our bridegroom. We can't let the circumstances of life overwhelm us and drain the oil from our lamps. And I think we need to really get a hold of that because of all that we are facing right now. We're in the midst of a historic pandemic. And far too often we take our eyes off Jesus and we start arguing with each other over face masks and government conspiracies and the like. And that won't put oil in our lamps. We're in the midst of these devastating wildfires. How can we keep our lamps lit and fueled with oil at such a time? Well, here's an example. 
My wife Julie knows a woman who lives up the McKenzie River and had to evacuate. And early in the week, here's what she wrote in an email. When we go back, we don't know if we will have a church building or a home. All we know, <laughs> oh, all we know is that our God is good. Listen to this, and that he makes beauty out of ashes. Do we believe that? She does. Later in the week, she learned that the church building where she worships had survived. And her home had survived. But more than one-third of her fellow church members had lost everything. And here's what she then wrote. We stand in our Savior's arms. We are grieving and helping our church family to grieve. Yet we march on in the name of Jesus. Oh, those are the words of a wise and godly woman with a lot of oil in her lamp. She's surrounded by pain and loss, but she's staying focused on Jesus. I think she's well prepared for the coming of the bridegroom. The pandemic and wildfires, and on top of all this, we're, we're in the midst of a highly divisive national election. And like you, I have my own preferences about who to vote for, and I have concerns about the outcome. Yet my biggest concern is how the church behaves. And I have to say that I'm deeply distressed because so many believers are feeding the flames of political discord. Brothers and sisters, our faith is in Jesus, not in the results of an election. And so I have a question. If you're a Republican and the Democrats win, Will you let that drain the oil from your lamp? If you're a Democrat and the Republicans win, will you let that drain the oil from your lamp? Regardless of the outcome, will we trust that God is in control and will we continue to keep our eyes on Jesus as we wait for our bridegroom to appear? The, re the outcome of this election will not sustain us battling over face masks will not sustain us. Our stuff that we love that may burn in a fire will not sustain us. Only Jesus can. Oh church, let's embrace the words of this parable and continually fill our lamps with the oil of faith. Let's worship together and pray together and encourage each other and point each other toward our bridegroom so that his light will burn brightly in us and through us until he comes to gather us with him for eternity.